Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Wanted to get started today with the ASHP Workforce Development Special Action Group. We are part of the Practice Journeys Group specifically. We are going to be covering today Practice Journeys. This podcast series will be taking a deep dive into a myriad of topics, including career transitions, stepping outside of one's comfort zone, and chatting with pharmacists who work in unique or innovative practice areas to learn how they arrived at their current position. The title of the podcast today is Specialized Roles Within Specialty Pharmacy. The topic is going to cover how specialty pharmacy practice doesn't always mean exotic or expensive drugs. It's often the work done to get those products paid for and ensure patient access and timely start of therapy. For the members of this group, they outline what work really makes their team special and how they contribute to patient care. Today, I'm your host, Logan Coster. I'm a PharmD CSP working at Memorial Gulfport in Gulfport, Mississippi. I'm the operation manager of the specialty pharmacy services. My practice interests are specialty pharmacy, call center operations, and general operations overall. Also with us today is Naren Kamo. She's a PharmD CSP. She works at the UI Health Clinical Care Center. She is the operations coordinator. Also with us is Sarah Steven, PharmD. She is a staff pharmacist at the Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy. Her practice interests include neurology and multiple sclerosis. This podcast invites members to share their stories about their professional path, lessons learned, and how their experiences shaped who and where they are today. We'll be chatting with Niren and Sarah about workforce development and specialized roles. Thanks for joining us today. The first question or topic that we wanted to cover today was what kind of specialty pharmacy services does our pharmacies manage. Examples include self-injectable medications, oral, infusion, mail order service, clinical service, etc. The idea being that different service models have different operational needs. Me being the host of this, I'll go ahead and start. Our site manages patients within cardiology, neurology, oncology, rheumatology, infectious disease, gastroenterology, and digestive health. Most of our medications are outpatient, either injected or taken at home. My team is actually embedded within each one of these clinics and interact personally on a daily basis with providers and patients. The technicians that we hire are embedded in the clinic, so special training on client-facing interaction is usually a big topic. They complete all prior auths for the clinic for the specialty medications we service. Our pharmacists are also embedded within the clinics and are able to meet directly with patients that may be difficult to reach on the phone, have language barriers, or other functional barriers. Next up is Sarah. Thank you, Logan. So Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy provides patients with injectable, oral, and some self-infused medications. And we do this either through mail service or by pickup at a Mayo Clinic outpatient pharmacy location. The specialty pharmacy itself is not patient accessible. Mayo Clinic's specialty pharmacy provides medications for autoimmune, inflammatory diseases, growth hormone deficiencies, hemophilia, 
hepatitis C, multiple sclerosis, oncology, hematology treatments, osteoporosis, pulmonary fibrosis, solid organ transplants, and then some cardiac and cholesterol disorders, primary immunodeficiency, dermatologic conditions, and then some seizure disorders. We enroll these patients in a clinical management program, which allows us then to contact them for refills. We monitor for side effects and for their adherence to therapy. And then we evaluate their confidence in the therapy and the perceived efficacy. We utilize shared electronic medical record with Mayo Clinic so that we can easily obtain lab results, review chart notes, and communicate quickly with the care team. Thanks, Sarah. And Naren. Hello, Logan and Sarah, and everybody who's joining this uh, podcast. Uh, Similar to what Sarah and Longin said, at UI Health Specialty Pharmacy Services, we manage patients who are receiving oral and or self-injectable specialty medications for various specialty diseases. An example of some of these disease states include autoimmune disorders, cancer, and multiple sclerosis. The service does not manage patients that are receiving infusion and or transplant medications. The specialty pharmacy services team at UI Health enrolls patients, similar to what uh, Sarah said, in a patient management program where patients receive comprehensive specialty medications from the time they are initiated on therapy and until they're discharged from the specialty service. The specialty pharmacy services at UI Health is a dual accredited program through URAC and ACHC. Now, as far as our infusion medications, UI Health has a dedicated oncology pharmacy that manages medication administered via the infusion route. We also have a dedicated mail order service that manages patients receiving transplant medications. The specialty pharmacy services team consists of very experienced specialty pharmacists and specialty technicians. We also have dedicated pharmacists that work in the specialty clinics only. These are embedded pharmacists that work as clinical pharmacists in the clinics. The specialty pharmacy services team works very closely with these pharmacists that are embedded in the clinic to deliver patient care. Awesome. That's great. Each of you kind of share, I see a lot of similarities and differences. The next question that we have is what kind of technician model do you have at your health system specialty pharmacy? Examples are things like prior authorization technicians, call center technicians, fulfillment, medication assistance, etc. The idea being different service models have different models for specialty technicians type of work that they do. Again, I'll start off here. Our technicians are embedded within the clinic and primarily complete all approval or billing paperwork for insurance, foundation, or free drug programs. They also set up refills for their clinic's medications, sometimes branching out into other clinics to assist depending on volume. Working in these clinics, we've had to do special training with our technicians, the ability to have a dual team attitude within the pharmacy team and the clinic team, understanding requirements for prior authorizations and when they need information to submit and who in the clinic to go ask for that type of information. Also the ability to have face-to-face one-on-one meetings with patients and communicate who they are and what they need to get their medicine. Overall, it's a lot of independent work and 
does require someone who has a lot of emotional intelligence and empathy with our patients. Next on this is Sarah. All right. So we have three different technician models that we use here at Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy. We have our enrollment team that speaks with future and newly transplanted solid organ patients uh, to coordinate the services. And they also work with foundations and manufacturers to connect patients with free drug programs or grants or vouchers to help patients with oncology and hematology medications. Secondly, we have technicians that perform data entry and sending refill requests to uh, providers. They also send any new therapies for new patients to our specialty business office for benefit review. And the majority of our technicians work as a patient care coordinator role. They contact patients on a monthly basis or three months, depending on their supplies, to coordinate future refills, confirm dosing, coordinate shipping, dispensing. And they also assist the pharmacist in completing reassessment questionnaires with these patients and send those results for pharmacist review. When our specialty business office determines that the specialty pharmacy is within network and insurance allows the therapy to be filled, these patient care coordinators also take care of contacting new patients, explaining how we work, and coordinating pharmacist counsel with those patients. We also work with technicians in this pharmacy business office for working through these claims, prior authorizations, but those technicians fall under different supervisor business area. And then, of course, fulfillment is performed by our production technicians, different supervisor business area. Quick question for you before we move on to Niren here. How many technicians do you have overall on your team? Sure, it's a great question. So our enrollment group consists of four people that share those duties. Um, our technicians that are performing most of our data entry type roles um, it's about six or seven of them. And then the technicians working in a patient care coordinator role are around 20 people. Wow. Great. And Naren. All right. Wow. That's that's pretty Im impressive. And um, honestly, exactly what Sarah said, there is uh, there are specific branches at UI Health Specialty Pharmacy Services that these branches or unit belong, units belong to the specialty pharmacy services. So we have technicians dedicated to each of these branches. So there are three branches that kind of uh, report to specialty pharmacy services. I'm calling them branches, but it's really three separate units. And these are the fulfillment team, the patient access center team, and the clinical care center team, which was formerly known as the call center. Many people um, associate that with a call center. The fulfillment technicians are responsible for product filling, inventory management, packing, and mailing of specialty medications to our patients. The patient access center team and the technicians there are responsible for completing the prior authorizations for the specialty medications. And the clinical care center team, the technicians there are responsible to process the specialty medications, tackle any issues after the prior authorization has been approved, address co-patient issues, and also refer patients to our medication assistance program if there are any issues uh, with the co-pays and such. 
Um, they also make outbound calls to conduct uh, monthly clinical refill assessments as part of the patient management program and set up deliveries for our specialty patients. And obviously, if the patient needs to be onboarded and um, a pharmacist needs to speak to the patient regarding a treatment initiation and such, uh, these technicians escalate these calls to our um, specialty pharmacist. Great. And quick question for you. I noticed that both Sarah and myself have technicians that are embedded. Are these technicians embedded as well? That's a really good question. Our, our technicians actually are not embedded in the clinic, but the patient access center team, the prior authorizations team, we call them an extension of the clinic because they conduct prior authorizations for the clinic. So yes and no, uh, they're not really embedded in the clinic, but they, for certain clinics, they do all the prior authorizations versus other clinics. It's specific to specialty medications. Got it. Got it. Great. Thank you. For question topic number three, the idea is having a dedicated team that handles medication assistance if patients require it. Do you have one? And the, the idea for the points to be covered are, are there specialty medications that patients are specifically triaged to and technicians that handle those? I'll start up here, but our team does not specifically have anyone that gets triaged to any sort of assistance team. However, we have the expectation that each one of our technicians actually knows how to sign patients up, it being the opportunity to help with patients who may have communication barriers or any other type of barrier where meeting with them is the best option. Requires very specific training on who qualifies for what type of assistance. We try to gather as much information as possible preemptively, and then how to communicate that type of assistance the patient is going to be getting and its benefit to them. Definitely requires the ability to understand the nuance of different foundations, how their portals work, the type of information they need to confirm at the clinic, first confirm, confirm with the patient, and communicate intangible benefits to the patients that aren't readily apparent, such as patients going from back from free drug to a foundation. I personally like to call these Medicare fun facts with my team, and it certainly requires a certain type of knowledge with my technicians for each one of them. Next up. Sarah. Okay. Well, we are fortunate at Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy that we do have a dedicated team, our enrollment group. Um, they work specifically with foundations and grants to help assist patients, really focusing on oncology and hematology copays. Additionally, if a patient is determined to be ineligible for some of those programs, but the provider and the patient still want to move forward with therapy, our enrollment team will work with the patient and the care team at Mayo Clinic to help coordinate free drug applications with drug manufacturers. Now, of course, patient wouldn't then be our patient through Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy anymore, but they still help get that process in place. Additionally, our specialty pharmacy business office is very well versed in copay cards for patients that may have commercial insurance for like some of your inflammatory drugs that um, they may recommend patients sign up for if the patient has a high copay. Great. That's awesome that you have that type of team. And 
Next up, Karen. At UI Health Specialty Pharmacy Services, we do not have a dedicated medication assistance staff within the unit to handle uh, medication assistance for specialty patients. The patients in these situations are referred to the UI Health Medication Assistance Program, which is a separate unit that is that basically handles any medication assistance issues for actually all of our, our pharmacies, including specialty medications. The specialty pharmacy team assesses the patient's benefits, conducts the prior authorization, and if and when the medication assistance program is needed, we send a referral to the medication assistance program to start the process. Once that team resolves the issue and if the patient can um, become onboarded to our uh, services, we take the patient back. If it was figuring out a copay issue or uh, assisting with getting grants and we could still manage those patients, then we get that patient back to manage them. And in situations where the medication has to be obtained through the manufacturing company, that patient pretty much gets managed through the medication assistance program. That seems like a really great way to uh, bring students on and get them up to speed as well. Yeah, we we have actually explored having um, extras or students that actually work on obtaining these grants or looking for uh, resources of where uh, some grants are available to assist the specialty team as well as the medication assistance program team basically helping our patients get access to these medications. Awesome. Great. On to our next topic. As our programs grow, are there any new opportunities or roles that you're working specifically on creating? The idea being exactly what we're here to talk about today, new opportunities or roles within specialty pharmacy. I'll start off with saying that we continue to see a growth in the need of roles that understand CMS and that IT integration. Having someone well-versed within CMS data, healthcare, and IT savvy is definitely a unicorn, as these two fields take years to develop almost independently. Having a confident understanding in these topics certainly is very helpful, but we often see people who live in these silos. You have an IT person who doesn't understand healthcare or somebody who is very well versed in healthcare who doesn't have a strong confidence in IT. That shared language is super important for us. We do have multiple translators, if you will, but, but it's been a challenge to find anyone or get anyone up to speed who has a strong full background in either. Curious to see what you have to say, Sarah. Thanks, Logan. Yeah, I would agree with you. That's definitely a, a very much a unicorn type role that everybody would love to have, I'm sure. For the Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy, we continue to add therapies that fit into our established care model with current disease states. We're also continually evaluating requests that we get directly from Mayo Clinic providers for new therapies to determine, do we expand to a different disease state management, or is this something that's not within our wheelhouse right now? And otherwise, at this time, Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy is working on expanding more of our um, pharmacy education and also uh, research type projects that could be performed by the department. And so with that, growing some of these 
IT requests and running into that issue, like you mentioned, Logan, with the translating between IT and pharmacy type teams, but working on those type of expansions right now. Always using those uh, graduate students to bridge the gap <laughs> if you can. <can't>. Ideally. <laughs> How about you, Naren? Yeah, so uh, so I do believe, you know, with the challenges of obtaining access to specialty medications and also managing patients with such complex diseases, there are new opportunities, new roles to expand within uh, within UIC or UI Health Specialty Pharmacy Services. And as Sarah said, uh, we're constantly looking at new therapies to determine if we should expand new disease state management. Uh, this is always something that our specialty team evaluates and add to our specialty medication uh, list. And to go back to what you said, Logan, technology and application enhancements can play a major role in allowing the team to work efficiently and help the team to navigate specialty patients and their management. And such roles are also being discussed in our setting. Great. Thanks for sharing. Next topic for us is employee retention. This has really been a big topic most recently with the great resignation and making sure that we are able to engage with our team members and what tools we've used to retain our team members. Starting off with me, I work with doctors to interpret what insurance companies need to have documented in order to pay for a patient's medication. That is the baseline sentence right there. Our work is often challenging and changing. Most of what we do is staring at a computer screen, but the biggest thing every day that I want to always point out and work with is that we do interact with patients every day and that these are people that we're ultimately helping. And I do a survey every two weeks to assess engagement with my team to make sure that they're feeling like they have everything they need, all of the resources, the opportunity to communicate with the stakeholders and the clinics they're embedded in, and then just to make sure that I'm able to provide any sort of background or education they feel that they're lacking in. And Sarah, I'm curious to see what you do. Sure, sure. So we have our supervisors conduct basically annual evaluations and periodic one-on-ones with employees to help discuss any ideas that anyone has for pharmacy or workflow improvement, also to recognize individual work and achievements. Really, you know, the one of the main foundations with Mayo Clinic is the needs of the patient come first. And so everybody working here really feels that to be really important to their their job. And it's really nice to be part of an environment where if you have an idea, it's welcome to be shared. And then we can try and implement it and get feedback to see what we can do with that. I think that really helps with employees feeling valued and improves retention when we all feel like we're part of this greater goal towards helping patients achieve their best health. Great. Thank you. Naren. Yeah, this this has been a really um, challenging topic for all of us in the last few years, you know, dealing with 
employee retention. And I couldn't agree with both of you. We we do various uh, things at UI Health as well. Uh, we have our annual evaluation of our employees where we provide our employees an opportunity to let us know what they're looking forward to work on or accomplish in the coming year. We do provide employee satisfaction surveys and the survey questions are are really focused on knowing how the employees are doing and if they would desire to stay and work at UI Health Specialty Pharmacy for the next coming years. Uh, The questions are really good in kind of uh, targeting specific uh, questions uh, regarding employee retention. I also, with my team, conduct a weekly meeting, and a good portion of the meeting is to discuss the daily uh, workflow that's happening during the week, and then uh, also kind of talk about the challenges or new ideas that we could implement to help with the workflow. And I actually recently just started uh, doing a 30-minute meeting with my uh, team members once a week. I read a lot about having a one-on-one meetings with team members, especially in the world of uh, COVID and, um, you know, the teams may be scattered working from different locations. It really provides me an opportunity to gauge where the employee is at, what their needs are, what their challenges are, and potentially work on a structured way to meet the goals. Luckily, I work in an environment where Really, all of our our technicians and pharmacists are um, really invested in helping our uh, patients, and and they love working with the patients, with the clinics, with other healthcare providers. So we've been lucky with that aspect. The face to face thing is certainly something that I've seen a lot of benefit most recently. Fortunately, here it's been sort of a blessing and a curse in a way where. A lot of mass mandates got dropped and the opportunity to go meet with folks in clinic. But doing that, my own experience is that there's a much deeper level of engagement. And it really is one of those things where body language is so much that's missed on a platform like this, where you see small nuances like candy wrappers all over someone's desk. You can tell they've been stressed out or, you know, that sort of thing. And it's been, it's been interesting to kind of see that transition from and then back into, and I'm excited to see how my team continues to grow in this post-COVID era, if you will. Our final question that I think here I really put in as a, a bit of a conclusion and a bit of a opportunity to really get to know each one of us that are on this podcast is what do you tell your parents and friends that you do every day? And what is specialty pharmacy? In short, for me, I work wizardry between insurance companies and doctors. A lot of what we do is complex and we don't necessarily have all the information on each side. We end up having weird opinions on insurance companies and probably follow way too many people on TikTok who are sort of insurance connoisseurs, but it's definitely challenging and changing. It's never something the same week to week. And that's certainly why I enjoy it is that patient interaction and the ability to learn every week. Sarah, curious to hear what you have to say. Sure, sure. That's funny. I, I'm not on TikTok. I did not know that there were insurance company people on there. That's great. Okay. So with 
Um, Mayo Clinic Specialty Pharmacy and my experiences here, it's, it's always kind of a funny question when people ask, what do you do? And I explain, oh, well, short answer, I'm a specialty pharmacist. And a lot of people will look at me and go, I don't know what that is, or I didn't know that was a thing. And so if they want more information, I basically say that we have a team and we work as a whole to make sure that patients with expensive or complex medication regimens or disease states get their proper medication at the right dose with plenty of education and monitoring of their therapy. And really for for us here, each of our pharmacists practice across all of these disease states that I mentioned earlier, but each one of us individually has a designation as a clinical resource for a specific topic. So one of our pharmacists is the pharmacist for dermatological conditions, and one of our pharmacists is the pharmacist for transplant and and so on and so forth. So that allows for care teams within Mayo Clinic to have a very specific designated contact person if there's a question about a patient and that therapy or what about this drug? What's going on with this? So really helps to streamline drug disease information and update us all across the pharmacy. So almost a wizard, pretty much. Pretty much a wizard. Yeah. Yeah. And Niren. I love this question. And throughout the years, I've been questioned, you know, about my role in specialty pharmacy. I pretty much say exactly what you two said. I, you know, you said it really perfectly. I I talk about the complexity of the medication access specifically for specialty medications. I tell them about the cost of some of these medications. And literally you see on my family's face, you know, that, that what, what, how, why I tell my family and friends that, you know, my team gets access to these most expensive medications in such timely manner so that the patients can start their treatment on time and uh, tackle these disease states. I also explain to them that my role as a pharmacist and as a manager uh, helps patient navigate the complexity of of our, you know, medication access system and ensure not only, you know, it's all covered and they will be able to get the medication, but actually as to what Sarah said, be able to take the medication the right way, be educated on using it the right way, train them on how to use these medications and really the proper handling and the dis you know, the disposing of these medications as well. So once I say all this, then they say, oh, okay, that sounds really, really good. That's great that people tell you it's good. I usually just kind of get a, okay, and then move on. But it sounds like you have a better way of putting it than me. Maybe I'll have to shy away from the wizard thing. I just make it sound very fancy. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) That's all the time that we have today. And I would really like to thank you, Sarah, Naren, for joining us and sharing your stories. Join us here on Twitter at ASHP Official and the Practice Journey Podcast as we learn about how our members seek out, grow, and evolve during their careers. Thanks all. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.